The full power of the gospel of Jesus Christ is contained in the Book of Mormon, period. Remember this declaration by Jesus himself. Whoso treasureth up my word shall not be deceived. And in the last days, neither your heart nor your faith will fail you. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 129 of the Book of Mormon podcast. It's Kevin and Shelby here. Hey everyone. Getting getting this episode a week late, but as always, it's expedient. I guess so. Um, whenever something seems to like disrupt our recording schedule nowadays... It's just more, it's more time to study the scriptures and, and find out like, okay, what, what do we need to learn? Why did the Lord want us to study this chapter even longer? Right? Because I'm, I mean, y'all, I mean, I don't know about Shelby. Shelby is more varied in her studies. Like Mm. she'll go and study other things. I mean, I'm kind of a freak. Like I just, (laughs) I've, I've been reading Alma chapter 38 and 39 for the past two weeks straight. Yeah, I have not. Just pouring over those chapters. I have read them, but not every day. Like you. No, not not every day, but just like going back through and just kind of, you know, pondering and, and digging in. And, and of course, you know, there's there's a certain amount. It's interesting because in the scriptures... You could go with this fine tooth comb and and just dig out every little kernel. That's not necessarily what we want to do here, but we do, you know, we do want to find those things that are significant in our studies. And we take the time to go down little avenues and find how they're um, relatable or, or likened unto our day. So let's dive in. Nevertheless. Let's figure out where we're at because it's been a whole week (laughs) well so alma just finished giving his charge to his son helaman to take the plates uh, the records and the liahona the ball and compass and he takes that and so now as we begin chapter 38 it's um, another like counseling, uh, counsel to a son. And this is Alma's son, Shiblon, who we meet. And yeah, we're just going to go ahead and dive in. So Shiblon, he immediately gets the same exact counsel that Helaman got. Mm-hmm. Very first verse. In as much as ye shall, oh my goodness, I can't speak. In as much as ye shall keep the commandments of God, he shall prosper in the land. And inasmuch as you will not keep the commandments of God, you shall be cut off from his presence. Starts the same way that Helaman started. It doesn't end that way, but it does start the same way. So it's just a, it's, it's repetitive. It's said to one son and it's said to another. So it's important. It's, it's a truth. That's why it's being told to each son. That's why it's 
it's told to each generation. The Lord is no um, respecter of persons, right? He demands that we are obedient, that we follow his commandments, and he promises us promises us things, um, blessings, if you will, uh, prospering the land when we obey those commandments. When we don't, we fail. Right. I don't think we said that we were going to cover Alma 38 and 39 today, did we? Uh, no, but they'll they'll probably figure it out. Well, I, I bring that up because, you know, he said this to Helaman. He said this to Shiblon. We're covering 39 today also, right. Alma 39. And when it starts off there, I don't think we necessarily, we can, we can do this podcast however we want. Usually, we usually go in order, but I'm going to vary. I'm going to stray just a little bit because in the first verse, when he talks to his son, Corianton, because Alma's going to talk to his other son, he brings up to Corianton the same concept, but to him, he says uh, that he has not observed the steadiness that like his brothers have had and in keeping the commandments of God. Mm -hmm. So it's just very interesting because every single chapter started with keeping commandments of God. Helaman and Shiblon are doing that. And they're just getting a reminder from their father, right? And it's a truth, like Kevin said. But then Corianton starts with, I see that you're not doing this. So just a little thread to tie between all three of the brothers. That's a really good insight. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so Alma, when speaking to Shiblon, he... He expresses that he is proud of him. He's a, he says, my son, I trust that I shall have great joy in you because of your steadiness and your faithfulness unto God. For as you have commenced in your youth to look to the Lord your God, even so, I hope you will continue in keeping his commandments. For blessed is he that endureth to the end. So, some some commendation for Shiblon and then he you know we're going to get into some of the more personal um, sentiments that Alma expresses but I had a thought when I saw that word endure <laughs> and I thought what was the 1830 dictionary definition of endure because we um, we use that word a lot in the church, endure to the end, mm -hmm. right? We do. And I just thought, well, I mean, it's it started then. And so what's, what exactly? So I went through and, and I just chose the definition that I liked the most. Um, and it's not, they're not very different, but says to bear to sustain to support without breaking or yielding to force or pressure and then it has a note like an like i guess like a comment metals endure a certain degree of heat without melting hmm. and 
some of the things that we're going to talk about today with Shiblon are that that adversity or the pressure that was applied to him. And we look at him as a, an example of steadiness. That's what his father commends him for. And I hope we can find out why Shiblon was able to remain this steadfast, uh, enduring disciple of Christ, even though he, he, he may have had, uh, some rough times. So that the verse that you're, that we're in verse two, it says it right there. There's one clue or not one clue. One thing as to why he was so steady is that he commenced in his youth mm-hmm. to look to the Lord. So there's one answer to your question. Check. Right there. Well, you know, we don't want to look at the scriptures as a check mark, though. You know, right? Like, you know, no. I'm just saying, but it's there and it's powerful. It's something to definitely remember. And as parents, if you're a parent listening, um, it's super important that your youth have experiences with the Lord young. Well, and notice it's not, this is not Alma saying, oh, well, uh, I've, I've, it's a good thing I taught you in your youth (laughs) to be faithful and steadfast. He says, for as you have commenced in your youth to look to the Lord, your God. So it's, he's, he's uh, commending Shiblon for his effort, his commencement Right. In doing that. And that's important because it helped him stay steady. Right. In the midst of adversity that he endured. Right. So there's other th- hints to us to that question mm-hmm. that you asked, Kevin. Uh, he has certain qualities that I think we can pull out from verse three, which are faithfulness, diligence, patience, and long suffering, mm-hmm. especially among the Zormites. And also when, um, I think all of these things that I just stated are definitely expressed in the example that he gives in verse four for being in the bonds or being in bonds and being stoned for the word's sake and that he bore it all with patience and he knew, he knew the Lord was going to be the one to deliver them. So these are just some things that Shiblon has been able to experience that his father's just reiterating to him, basically saying, I saw you. And in the moment, Alma may not have been able to, share these words with his son. And so this could be, I mean, we don't know that, but he could just be coming back and sharing this. And and it's nice to be acknowledged for the effort that you did. Yeah, absolutely. So some counsel that he gives, do you have anything else you want to add? Some counsel that Alma gives to Shiblon is that he says, as much, sorry, let me start over. I would that you should remember that as much as you shall put your trust in God, even so much you shall be delivered out of your trials and your troubles and your afflictions, and you shall be lifted up at the last day. I don't know why, but I just thought to myself, <laughs> I, I know this is nothing church related, but I thought of Oprah saying, you get a car and you get a car and you get a car. Because here Alma is saying, you know, and you shall be delivered out of your trials and your troubles and your afflictions. And you're going to be lifted up at the last day. Just so many blessings coming out. And I, just to understand what it even means to be supported in your trials is 17 million podcasts on its own, you know? <laughs> right. So to have like multiple blessings like that said to you by your father, um, 
I don't even think he could have been began to comprehend what he was hearing. Well, I believe that Alma is really hammering home on this idea of, of trusting in the Lord, not, not necessarily. We, we talked about this because we've been reading this book called the contract spirit. I wrote it in my notes, what you're about to say. And we're not, we're trying to, I'm trying to not base my, my faith on God's track record of delivering me out of hard situations or solving my problems, but rather I'm basing it in trusting him and, and really relying on him and knowing that he's working it out and, and that, involves sometimes me waiting on him Mm -hmm. to work that out. And so it's not that I'm like, okay, well, you know, the Lord did this before. And so, and we, we kind of get into that. um, We get into that territory when we think about, you know, but, but look, he delivered our fathers of old and he'll do the same for us, but that's not, you're not looking at his track record. You're not saying, that, well, he, he did it before, so he'll do it again. Because what if he, he doesn't? doesn't? What if what if for a season, what if for a generation, what if a great apostasy occurs? What what do you think of that God then? Are you are you waiting on him or are you expecting him to do something? So I think about examples like in Come Follow Me this year, we're studying the Old Testament. And I believe I was I was teaching a lesson in Young Women's and in Second Nephi somewhere it references maybe I don't know y'all I can't remember but basically it referenced um, Moses and the Israelites crossing the Red Sea, talking about how God supports us in our trials. And as you were talking, Kevin, I'm thinking, well, in this lesson we were giving examples of people who had been delivered from their trials right. right, or supported in their trials. And the point of bringing up those examples or knowing what those things are is not to say, look, he did it for Moses. So he'll do it for you. It's to say, look who Moses put his trust in. Mm-hmm. Look who the Israelites put their trust in during this. That's what's important. Not, not the, and I think it's very easy in the church today to get wrapped up in the concept, like you were saying, that oh, it's just his track record. He'll he'll do it. He'll do it for me too. And sometimes maybe that's the only faith that you have, and that's what you that's what you got to cling to, and that's okay. But when you're really trying to grow your faith in Jesus Christ and come to know Him, you really have to have it centered in Him. Yeah. So I appreciate that because I didn't. I don't know. I didn't think about that. Well, we we need to be centering all of our faith on the Lord Jesus Christ, and and not some not some peripheral narrative, right? Um. So, nevertheless, Alma goes on to say, um, 
I would not, that you should think that I know these things of myself. Kind of saying, you know, this, is, this isn't just a, a wise old man saying these things to you. Or your dad. Or your dad. <laughs> not always mutually uh, the same. <laughs> Instead, he's saying, you know, I've learned this from God. I've learned this from the mouth of an angel and from my experiences. And then he goes on to share his experience, which I don't know if we really want to go into. We've already done a whole podcast on it. <laughs> you can go back and reference it. But he does go on to share his experience. But it's good. And I want to tie this in because mm -hmm. as he's talking about these things, I'm going to skip just a little bit to verse 13. Um, or do you have something to say, Kevin? No, go ahead. He says, he gives an example here in verse 13 to Shiblon after he's done sharing his Alma's experience, his own, he says, do not pray as the Zoramites do. And something I've been focused on is learning from people's mistakes or sins or past so that yours can be different. And so you can learn from them and not have to suffer through what they did. So not that we need to talk about Alma's experience, but I believe he's sharing it so that his sons, you know, specifically Shabon right now, can learn from his dad about what happened and to continue moving forward so he doesn't ever have to get to that point or have a similar experience like his dad did. Just as in verse 13 when he's saying, don't pray like the Zoramites, just don't do it. Learn from what they did. So just something to think about here. I wanted to tie those together with that thread. As Alma counsels Shiblon, he's really, he's really expressing this idea of learn from others so that you can continue avoiding these pitfalls. Because, you know, I, I, and I, I was kind of saving this, but, you know, we kind of see Shiblon as maybe like the golden boy, right? Because in a minute, we're going to meet Corianton. And he is, he's the, the son who made some mistakes. And then you got Helaman who, well, he he didn't even go on the mission, but he's getting the record. So he's getting the record. So Shiblon's like this, uh, well, he's the son who did everything right. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting that Alma is taking the time to say, you know, don't, Maybe he's even, and this is just my interpretation, but don't rest on your laurels, right? Your what? Don't don't uh, look at what you've done in the past and say that's good enough. Like you need to keep progressing. You need mm. to keep doing better. Uh, keep learning from others. You know, these experiences that you've had, make sure and keep them close to your heart. He he. He brings up the Zoramite's prayer. He brings up his own, um, you know, being rebuked by an angel. He even says in verse 9, that you may learn of me, that there is no other way or means whereby man can be saved only in and through Christ. And it's like, but Dad, I, I know that, but Alma's hoping that Shablon knows it in a different way. And he continues to know it in a different way. And that way he remembers it. Because, you know, when we 
when we stagnate in our faith and our understanding, you know, we just, we know a thing and, and it becomes a, a thing that we've known. And then it's a thing that we kind of take for granted. There's a reason in the church we're always relearning things and we're always going through every year we go through this year. We're in the Old Testament, 2022. Guess where we're going to be next year? I think it's the Book of Mormon, right? We cycle back through. No, it's going to be the New Testament. Old Testament and the New Testament. We just did the New Testament. Oh my goodness. No, we didn't. Blonde moment. I just feel like we had just done it. That's why. But my point is that you cycle through and you learn and you repeat and you're able to there's a reason you're, you are reminded of these things because we forget them <laughs> and we need to be refreshed on what it is that we're, that God wants us to do. Right. I, I set a, a reminder on my phone uh, for a study plan for the Book of Mormon and the New Testament. And it's like every other day. So mm. on like odd days or not odd days, but like every other day I'll have a study from the Book of Mormon, and then um, the next day will be from the New Testament. And around six o'clock every morning, mm -hmm. I just get this little reminder, and it's very subtle. It's not an alarm. It's not like a a buzz. It's just kind of like a soft little tone that, hey, remember to read your scriptures. It's time to study, is what it says. <laughs> and I like that. Yeah, and uh, and I think of it like that, like. Well, of course, like, Shelby, you, 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 when we first got married, you talked about how something that you wish I would have, I would improve on is not get so, uh, deep into something and work on it like crazy, but then not do anything with it after that. Or like you get, mm. get super focused on one thing and then now it's on to the next thing, super focused on that thing, um, but maybe never, never really finishing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I took that. I've known that was a weakness of mine and something uh, that I need to work on. Mm -hmm. And so I have done that. You know, I'm like, okay, I need to work on things incrementally. Right. There needs to be a purpose. Like you can't just... The Lord, yes, he would have you study things and he would have you learn. But the purpose at the end of it all is for you to go out and have an experience with the Savior and with the Spirit, right? That's the point. So no. anyway, I think we're getting sidetracked a little bit. Here. No, no, no. I, I don't think so at all because Alma, you know, expressing these things to his son. And then, of course, we're we're kind of hashing it out in our own way. Um, Alma says, you know, continue to preach the gospel as you have done. You know, he's, he's this, uh, rock star missionary. He's, a, he's basically the return missionary mm -hmm. and every he's returned in with honor. Right. And now it's like, okay, time to go to BYU <laughs> and time to get married and all these things. But it's like, Hey, keep preaching the gospel, keep doing these things, remember what happened on the mission. And then specifically, um, we kind of skipped over it, but, um, or did we skip over that he was, uh, he was bound? 
like he was he was stoned I about it. okay so you know being being stoned for the word's sake right it's important to remember that you know remember that you you face some adversity and that you may again and so um as and of course it's only a 15 verse chapter like Shiblon doesn't get this sweeping I mean Helaman got here several he, here he knows what's up yeah but I think that's actually where we could we could get turned around in in the scriptures like yes I think Shiblon knew what was up and Alma knew that and and he was he was like okay good work um I'm going to record I I think he said many more things to Shiblon but what was recorded for our sake was hey keep keep doing the things that you've been doing that are good and remember the things that have happened to you and put your whole trust in the Lord and so you know um he he ends in verse 15 he says be sober my son farewell and you know when we talk about sobriety um not to be not to be numb right not to be numb to the spiritual things and then i just wanted to share a quote from uh, from our good friend jared halverson mm-hmm. from unshaken saints when he talked about this idea of being sober in the scriptures it's be absolutely serious about the life god wants you to live mm. that to me just means be intentional with what you do choose yeah. every day yeah for sure i like that there's a lot that we didn't talk about and that's okay <laughs> but definitely go back and read because we didn't really get into a lot of the council where he gives specifics about what he should give heed to and what he shouldn't give heed to hmm. right so and one of those ones that i would invite everyone to go study is use boldness but not overbearance hmm. i think that's something that we have to learn nowadays with the ever polarizing views that are coming to light as the world moves further from god and and we stay where we've always been so something to to think about yeah definitely all right so now we're going to jump over to alma 39. i'm excited so this is about corianton and actually this one is going to be, this is kind of the little bit of the preview. It's actually chapters 39 through 42 that he's talking to Corianton. And it's because Corianton needs a little bit more explaining and his father knows that. Or maybe this is just the part of the record that we got that it was expedient for us to know what he said to Corianton. <laughs> so we're going to dive into that part and learn about him. Yeah. So as I said already, just to recap us from a little bit earlier in the episode, um, he is in the first verse is brought up about commandments and how he has not necessarily been faithful in keeping those commandments. And 
his dad even says, behold, has he not set a good example for thee? Well, talking about his brothers, though, in that in that context. But he's like, you've been given examples and yet you're still not keeping them. What I wanted to do, what I wanted to make note of is at the very beginning says, I have somewhat more to say unto thee than what I said unto thy brother. And that's a good way of setting expectations. Alma set an expectation with Corianton. Hey, um, Shiblon's just got one chapter. You're going to get a couple chapters here. Okay. Now, I, I'll reserve my opinion until we get through chapters uh, 42. As to whether I believe that Corianton needed this or we needed this, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve my opinion uh, until then, because the answer is yes. <laughs> Corianton, um, like Shablon, went with his father to the Zoramite mission, but he didn't quite. Um, he, he didn't withstand certain worldly, uh, temptations, right? So specifically he got mixed up with the harlot Isabel. So he's out there and he's preaching the gospel and he gets distracted by the worldly things. Do you have more to say? I mean, Alma says that, you know, listen, you were in a, you were in a bad spot. This was a, this was a pretty wicked place. He he even admits, yea, she did in verse four, she did steal away the hearts of many, but this was no excuse for thee, my son. When I read that, the first time I ever read that, I thought, oh, that's interesting. Just because everyone else is succumbing to temptation just because everyone, you know, like the, the old saying, just because everyone's doing it doesn't mean you do it, right? Um, the the land of the Zormites had a lot of perverted uh, teachings of the of the gospel. Some people rationalized certain things, but no, this was not an excuse. So there's a note that I have on my phone, but it will, I don't know why it will not open, but I believe, oh, here it goes. But I believe here's what it says. He, meaning Alma, is holding Corianton accountable for his actions because Corianton did have a greater knowledge, right? Like this isn't, Corianton knew he shouldn't have been doing that. Mm. He, he knew the commandments of God. And so he's being held accountable by his father and also by God. But because of his greater knowledge, he did have to stand accountable for that. And so I think that's why he said that to him. Well, that's a, that's a great insight. You know, throughout these chapters, I keep forgetting that it's a father talking to his sons. 
and and uh, and so he does he does have a, a higher expectation of him. He has a, a higher standard. Yeah. Um, Alma then expresses some. I think I think it's it's doctrine, um, but it's it's almost like there's this severity, right? He says, "Know ye not, my son, that these things are abominable in the sight of the Lord? Yea, most abominable above all sins, save it be the shedding of innocent blood or denying the Holy Ghost." And he goes on to kind of explain this unpardonable sin which is to deny the holy ghost but what he's what he's really trying i think not trying but what he is saying is that when you've murdered against the light when you have when you know something is true but you deny it but like a but like a full knowledge not just oh i know that like have a testimony of it have experienced it like no 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 it right do you get what i'm trying to say i do and, and because if I, I can know that the sky is blue but like what's my experience been with the sky have i learned about it have i learned about the clouds in the sky do i actually know you get what i'm saying so what what i hear you doing uh-huh. is what always happens in these and it's generally in like an institute class or it's in a a youth like a setting with the youth and it's like listen i know you you have a testimony of the gospel and but you you might make a mistake that's not an unpardonable sin like don't think that you've committed the unpardonable sin because you got up on fast testimony sunday and said i know the book of Mormon is true and then you have a slip up right mm-hmm. like I hear in your voice this kind of a desperate um, assurance, like, hey, may, hey, it's not unpardonable sin. You have to really know. Like, you have to have seen God and, like, the, all these things. But all, what I'm, what I get from Alma's sentiments here is that he's, uh, he's saying when you, when you, are walking in the path and you start to make these bad decisions it's a slippery slope he says it is not easy for him who murders against the light to obtain forgiveness not that it's impossible or not that it's like this incredibly difficult thing but it's that it's going to require some recalibration and most importantly, it's it's going to require sanctification. That's what he really is teaching his son here. Um, when I met with the state president uh, some years ago, uh, going through a repentance process, he said, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that God's forgiven you of your sins. So now we need to work on the next part, which is um, cleansing you of the sin. And what what we do then is making us, I mean, just like it says, making us clean. And what that is, is getting back on the covenant path. It's what verse 9 says, repent and forsake your sins and go no more after 
insert whatever it is you've been struggling with, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Or whatever it is you've been receiving light on, but going against or had to receive light on and gone against. So I would make that verse nine, your scripture to memorize this week. I just gave you an assignment. Okay. <laughs> I would that you should repent and forsake insert. Okay. Um, and that's exactly what he tells. That's part of the sanctification process that Kevin's talking about. It's going to make you become a better person, but not only, but the purpose of becoming a better person is just so that you can share the light of Jesus Christ with other people. Right. And you come closer to him and bring others with you. Like that's really all what it comes down to. The more that you know him and are forgiven of your sins and come closer, you come closer to him. Thereby you share his light more, you invite more and you're bringing people with you. Right. And then you're inviting them to repent and forsake. And then they do the same things. It's not always that easy. Ideally, you think it'd be easier, right? <laughs> but it's it's a work. It takes a real, it takes a lot to confront your, your vices, right? Go head to head with the things that you're not sure you want to give up. And so Corey Anton's kind of been in that place a little bit. Like, mm, Dad, I'm, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Like, yeah. I'm not sure if I'm down to get down with what you're saying. <laughs> Right. You talking made me think of our dear friend, Nathan Turner. Oh, goodness. Mother and, Turner. And our, he was our institute teacher most recently. And he talks about how um, the worst day of his life was when he found out the church was true because it meant that he was going to have to forsake all the things, all it's, the sins. It's true. Now, I think, I think this is a good transition, right? a good segue into verse 10, when Alma uh, encourages his son, saying, And I command you to take it upon you to counsel with your elder brothers in your undertakings. For behold, thou art in thy youth, and ye stand in need to be nourished by your brothers, and give heed to their counsel. So maybe Corianton has these these misgivings he's he's um he's not ready to give up certain things but that's no reason to to not shed some of that um some of that baggage it's also interesting we know that Helaman is the youngest son and then we know about two other sons. And maybe I'm mistaken. We don't know about any other sons. We only know Helaman, Shiblon, and Corianton. But here, Alma invites him to counsel with his elder brothers. And yet, he's not the youngest. And that would, that would also infer or imply... That Did you say Helaman was the youngest? Yeah. No, he's he's the oldest. No. Is it he? No. Oh, there's another Helaman. There's another Helaman of Alma the Younger, right? No. No, I am like, he's he's the oldest. Helaman's the oldest son of Alma the Younger. Do you have a, a reference there? Uh, Google. 
yeah, in the book, okay, well, here's from the church. When you look it up in Guide to the Scriptures, in the Book of Mormon, the oldest son of Alma, son of Alma 31 through 7, is Helaman. Oh, interesting. Because he didn't go on the mission. He didn't go on the Zormite mission. And so I thought maybe it was because he was young. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because this is, okay, so this is under the definition of Helaman in the Guide to the Scriptures saying, quote, Helaman in the Book of Mormon, the oldest son of Alma. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, you're right. So he's right. telling him to look up to, well, you know, Helaman and yeah. uh, Shiblon and yeah. whoever else we don't know, to your point. There may be, may be more, may not. Who knows? Sounds like Kevin learned some things today about the Book of Mormon. I don't know why, but when you said that, I was like, I just feel like that's not right. So I looked it up real quick just to clarify. Mm, okay. But to your point, what were you saying? Well, now it makes total sense. Mm. So in verse 10, he's saying, take it upon you to counsel with your elder brothers, which would be Shablon and Helaman. So what I like about that verse that you, let me go back to it. I had gone out of it. Verse 10, correct? Mm-hmm. This is why, I don't know, I, I've seen this become true just with my own sisters, <laughs> right? Like they come, I counsel with them too. They give me advice, but I've seen them even come to me and seek counsel. And so there's something powerful I think we could dive into here and go into a rabbit hole about siblings. But I don't know if we want to, but siblings are very important there's a reason we're placed in families and there's a reason we're giving we're given siblings and uh, and the way that we came into the family right oldest youngest middle child whatever so to have Corian to have these examples of older brothers is very powerful so oh absolutely i mean you know Corianton if so now that i i have it have this perspective of him being the youngest and you know least experienced um even even it becomes more important mm -hmm. that alma takes this extra time with him well because he's still young and also in verse 11 it tells him suffer not yourself to be led away by any vain or foolish thing i think to myself about and I'm just relating this to my my siblings now, but it's easier. I feel like it's easier than for them now to be led away younger because they're being exposed younger and younger to Satan's tactics. Or they're just, you know, President Nelson has said that Satan's not trying to hide anymore. He's just full, full out attacking, like, you know, good from evil. Like, he's not even trying to hide. And so I know that my sisters that are younger, what they're dealing with, it's so much easier to be led away by foolish things. So that's why look to Helaman, look to Shiblon, because they have that that strength and that foundation that you can you can hold on to when you might be tempted to fall away. Yeah. And hold on to them until you can get it for yourself, right? And that's okay. That is okay to do that. You just got to get your own testimony at, one, at some point or build your own testimony. Yeah. You know, in, in this chapter... Alma talks about how, you know, the, the poor 
example of Corianton actually led more of the Zoramites away. Yes, I thought that was... We didn't know that in the moment when you're reading the story in Alma 31. Or was it 31? Is it chapter 31 where that happens? When they're... When the Zoramites go amongst themselves to figure out, oh, should we listen? Should we not listen? Right. We didn't know that... uh, Corianton had been doing this and that could have been a factor in them deciding. Yeah, absolutely. So we're only learning this after the fact. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? That's really interesting. Yeah. Because you're like, Oh, you know, this, this was kind of an issue. This was a little bit of a controversy Mm -hmm. and it, it actually helped the opposition to denounce Mm -hmm. the, the word the gospel of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. because they could use Corianton as an example of like, Hey, here's one of their preachers and look what he's doing. He's exactly. not, he's not living according to their law. But I found it interesting that in that chapter, we didn't know that is the reason right away. Right. We only find it out here. And I think it was one of many reasons, right? Right. Yeah. And so being mindful of our, you know, we we talk about being, you know, um, a city on a hill, a light that cannot be covered. People people do look um, to those who purport to live righteously, those who who do uh, declare that they are Christian, and um, I, I don't know if this is really like appropriate, but (laughs) we, uh, we were watching uh, a show or a movie, a documentary recently on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And the, the whole, there was a spin that they put as like, Oh, this guy, he was very religious and Mm -hmm. look at all these terrible things that he did that were very, you know, very, um they were not okay not good and and i thought to myself like man that's that's the opposition using our faith against us because they're saying look at this person he says that he believes in a certain thing but he's doing the exact opposite which you know in in my mind that doesn't actually bring down the church but Listen, that's because I have a strong personal testimony. Listen, that is Satan's tactic. Yes. Is to make the one example of not following be the loudest right. and make you seem like everybody else is doing it. I think it was President Davies who gave a talk. And nowadays there's, you know, it would seem as if there's a lot of people who are um, part of the LGBTQ community, community nowadays. Um, but uh, who was it? Yeah, President Davies said he ran off the numbers about the percentage of people and percentage of youth that are actually identifying in this community. And it was like 1% or 2%. But the point that he was making, and not that that's bad or anything, I'm not saying that. The point that he was making is that that one or 2% is amplified into what seems like 99%. Right. And that's what's happening 
here, what you were, what the example you were giving. Right. You know, the, the, the idea that wickedness is more prevalent, um, and, you know, especially among, and it's like, yeah, it's like they, they use it to, to amplify. That's exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. Um, as we look at the, the last couple of, of verses here in verse or in chapter 39, there's a couple things that I wanted to, to point out in verse 13, Alma admonishes his son to return unto the Zoramites, acknowledge your faults and that wrong which you've done. And so he's, he's asking for him to take accountability. It's part of sanctification, like you were saying earlier. Absolutely. And he also begins to say, I would say somewhat unto you concerning the coming of Christ. Behold, I say unto you that it is he that surely shall come to take away the sins of the world. Mm-hmm. Yea, and he cometh to declare glad tidings of salvation unto his people. And now, my son, this was the ministry unto which you were called. I don't, I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but it's almost like Alma saying you were invited to participate in this. It's not your thing; it's it's Christ's thing, and you didn't quite, you didn't quite. Um, measure up that's but obviously there's there's a reason and I think what Alma does here is he tries to get at the reason why did Corianton stumble and it was because I believe he wasn't as doctrinally sound on the on the purpose of like, why is Christ coming, right? I'm, I'm preaching this thing, but do I really understand it? Well, apparently Corianton did not understand certain things and it did lead him away. The, the more strong and firm we are in, uh, in, our, in our faith and our understanding of, of the doctrine of Christ, the more unmovable will be when when these temptations come right yeah um what did you want to say i think it's just him putting it all into perspective like hey get out of your own way this isn't about you Mm -hmm. that's that's how i would put it i agree with what you said too though (laughs) i just think it's hey listen this is this is not about you this is about us helping others come into christ And so just remember that you got to get out of your own way and do the things. And then that, that just helps other people. And I think I even mentioned that earlier, just a little bit in 17, he says, behold, you marvel why these things should be known so long beforehand. Cause I could see him being like, well, he's not coming forever. So why do we got to do it now? (laughs) Because it takes preparation. And he says, behold, I say unto you, I love this. Is not a soul at this time as precious unto God as a soul will be at the time of his coming? That really puts God's work into perspective. He wants 
all, every single one of us throughout all period of time, all history, born, those who are living, who will be born or who have died to know about his son, Jesus Christ. And so that is why it is so necessary to preach and teach and, and invite others to come unto him and to learn about their savior. And so um, I don't really know what else to say from that point, because what he goes into here is teaching now, because obviously there's a lack in Corianton's mind about the savior and the plan and why it needs to be taught. So there's a need he's teaching to a need that Corianton has. And so from here on out, he talks about that, that plan and why Christ needed to come to save his people. And that's what puts us into 40, 40, 41 and 42, which is still answering and teaching to Corianton's need. Right. And it's also, this is where I go back to saying, you know, it's, it's also for us, right? Well, yes, but um, I'm just following the narrative here. Well, no, no, of course. Uh, but I, of course we see that we're getting to learn from Corianton's mistakes. Right. Right. The, I was thinking that earlier too. <laughs> that's why the Book of Mormon is a living witness of Jesus Christ. It it persists. It it hisses forth, as President Benson said. Not always easy to listen to. It doesn't always speak to the 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 lighthearted, the kind things. It's things that we need to know in order to progress uh, in this life spiritually into the eternities. Um, I am so excited for these next three chapters, and I hope y'all are too. I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, we'll be back with you next week on episode 130 of the Book of Mormon podcast. One day we're going to be in in the 200s. That's going to be weird. But anyway, thank you for listening and we'll be back next week. Bye y'all. Bye. Oh, and don't forget to actually go read the Book of Mormon yourself. Bye.